Hello and welcome to the Crowdfunding Champions podcast. My name is Rob Wilson and I'm pleased to introduce two guests on this episode, Julian Linger and Imo Babix from Reli, the Bitcoin investing app who raised nearly 2 million euros on Crowdcube. Imo, Julian, thank you so much for taking the time today. Sure. Thank you, Rob, for nice inviting you. us. So for those who aren't familiar with Relay, would you be able to start by giving us a quick overview of the business? Of course. So uh, Relay is Europe's easiest Bitcoin app made in Switzerland. We launched the app around two years ago in Switzerland and now we're available in 40 different countries. Basically, the app is just making it very easy for non-tech and non-finance people to get into Bitcoin and makes it very user-friendly, very simple to use Bitcoin. So basically, you download the app and within one minute, you can buy, sell, send, receive and store your Bitcoin. You can also set up a savings plan automatically running without even having to do any onboarding or registering, which is pretty cool. And you can already start from 10 bucks and with your own bank account, so you don't have to set up a new bank account or whatever. And you also have an integrated wallet, so you can asset uh, send and receive and you hold your own Bitcoin and you can also buy and sell. So this is uh, basically the easiest way to get into Bitcoin for newcomers. And we're mainly focusing on millennials. Amazing. And Julian, what was your inspiration for setting up Relay? I was upset with the way how people had to go through these difficult and complex onboarding process just to get some Bitcoin. Um, because we believe that Bitcoin is really the best store of value. It's the digital gold and it's how millennials store their value in 21st century. And I was just upset on how hard it was for newcomers. I, w- I was in the space uh, for quite a bit since 2015. Even for me, as originally a non-tech person, it was too complicated to get into Bitcoin, let alone like my mom or my friends asking me how to get into Bitcoin. I was like, sorry, it's probably too complicated for you guys um, to, you know, on board with these exchanges and uh, upload all these documents and stuff like that. So I experienced that nine out of 10 people basically didn't bring this process to an end. So what I wanted to do is together with some of my co-founders is to make this process way easier and therefore giving everyone access to Bitcoin, not only like tech and finance freaks, but also the hairdresser, the taxi drivers, you know, the people on the street. And that was the main inspiration why we did it. And how has the company been funded today? So at the beginning, we started kind of this as a hobby in 2019. So there was no funding at all. The first very, very small funding came at the beginning of 2020. In March 2020, we raised 20K. It's uh, kind of uh, laughable uh, right now, but uh, we were pretty broke, Adam and myself, uh, my co-founder and myself. So uh, we had still some jobs and then found two angel investors giving us uh, 10K each. With this, we were able to launch the app, uh, the first version of the app. But so far, like fast forward two years, we have now um, raised around 5 million in total. You recently launched your first equity crowdfunding campaign on Crowdcube. Um, currently, it's live at the moment. You've raised uh, over 2.1 million euros from over 850 investors. What made you decide to launch an equity crowdfunding campaign? Yeah, this is very exciting for us. And we were waiting for this for quite some time because at the beginning, we did the usual fundraising stuff from angel investors, then to bigger angel investors, then to VCs. 
And now we came to a point where we were kind of big enough, where we had a big enough um, kind of uh, organization and capacity to do like the administrative uh, stuff around this, but also a big enough community that this even made sense. But from the beginning, we were very community centric. We listened to our community when it comes to, you know, how we should shape the product. And we have quite a significant community now of a couple of dozen thousands of people uh, that are using the app or following us on social media. And so now we felt like it's the right time to really get the community involved as well and enable them from a very low amount to invest and become part of the startup experience and journey as well. I note that you're Swiss based and crowdfunding or equity crowdfunding has been growing in popularity, you know, over the last few years in Europe. But we don't tend to see many Swiss based companies, you know, launch on Crowdcube. Did you have any concerns about that before going forward and launching your campaign? Well, not really. We see ourselves as like Swiss rooted and Swiss made, but we are live in 40 different countries. And from the beginning, we were available in whole Europe. So we see ourselves as, you know, a European company for sure. Our biggest markets are, you know, different European countries, not necessarily Switzerland only. So not a really concern from that. It was even better to get a platform like Crowdcrypt to directly uh, cater to the whole European market because as I said a lot of our users are not Swiss. The only concern was maybe that I think it was the first Swiss company on the Crowdcube platform so maybe like from a regulatory legal and compliance uh, standpoint it hasn't been done before so we were not quite sure on everything but I think uh, our team and the Crowdcube team and the uh, supporting agencies and legal advisors did a great job so now it's, uh, it has uh, it has gone through very very well. Did you hire any external support services or did you do this all in-house? We have a really great PR agency that so happens to be the chosen partner of Crowdcube as well. well so if you are a company, you go with Crowdcube and you ask for marketing help, most likely they were recommending our agency anyways. So we were relying a lot on them as well. Um, they helped us a lot sort of navigating it and what is the right way to do sort of what should be the process? What should we take care of from a marketing point of view? How much money we should invest into this? Because there's also some production on our side as well. So it's not like you can go into the crowdfunding and not expect to spend a little bit of money as well. Yeah, I think that was a lot of help for us. And roughly speaking, how much have you sort of invested in the campaign? How much was your budget? From a marketing sort of production point of view, I think we spent in total, including manpower, probably 40 to 50K. Also, some of the assets that, for example, we created or, or some of the, let's say, the outcomes that came from Crowdcube would also have impact on the wider business, not just on the campaign. Let's say, if we get lots of press releases and press coverage about the campaign, this is good for the business for the long term as well. It opens up lots of doors for start. We are a small startup still. You know, we have 20 people. We have been in the market for around two years. We are journalists tend to only really speak to bigger companies, but this is a great conversation starter for us as well. So the cost is difficult to judge and just say that, yeah, you have spent 50K on just this and you get some money in return. Actually, the return on investment is much bigger. So you really saw your campaign as a marketing campaign to spread awareness of Relay? Exactly. I mean, there's several great things about uh, doing crowdfunding depending on how successful you are. One thing I would say is that it really 
in my opinion, makes mostly sense for companies that are operating in industries or sort of have a really active and engaged community. That helps really a lot. If you don't really have an engaged community, I'm not sure whether crowdfunding is the right way to go. Luckily for us, we have a really passionate and engaged community behind us that keeps growing. Also, a big reason why we did it, I think, is there's some research, I think, about it. It tends to have very positive effect on your user base. So if a user is investing, and we now have 850 new investors that are already users, most of them, or most likely will become users, then these users also tend to use the app more. So the activation is higher, the engagement is higher, they use the app longer, they're more loyal, like the loyalty, customer loyalty is definitely in the retention is better. And then last but not least, the referral rate is also better. So they tend to refer the app more to new users, even people who invest, you know, 10, 20, 50 bucks, they feel like they are part of this movement. And they are actually shareholders of the company. So naturally, they would refer and use the app more. And this uh, is a great side effect, I think, that we also can consider as a benefit and a reason why we did it and we, why it makes sense to uh, invest all this effort and money. And I saw in your campaign as well that you introduced rewards for specific amounts that the investors can invest. Was this part of your strategy to generate users off the back of the campaign? It wasn't the main strategy. If you are a company that's a physical product, these rewards are actually uh, a lot more common. And most of the raises that are doing crowdfunding, you know, you always get some perks with it. For us as a broker, it's quite limited what we can actually offer. We don't have any physical sort of output. But the fees is something that we feel is, is a very nice motivation as well. It is also, as Julian said, we are hoping that the people who invested in us will be using us and recommending us. So this is a nice little perk for them to get fees and we're offering, uh, depending on the size of the investment, it was from three months to 12 months of zero fees. So yeah, I, I think that was just a little sort of a cherry on the top for them. And Imo, uh, talk us through the process from start to finish. How long did it roughly take and what were the other uh, steps involved? So the whole setup probably took before the launch, I would say three months approximately. There's lots of things you need to take care of apart from the legal side. When you are dealing with a regulated company like Crowdcube, you also need to provide lots of information. You need to make sure that all the, the due diligence is done, that the numbers that we are actually claiming that we have are real. So Crowdcube takes care of all of this. We need to just provide them the information. And then there's also the production side that I mentioned already. That means basically that, let's say, we need to arrange time for creating the video. So in this case... We had a team flying in from London, Zurich to prepare the video with Julian and Adam. We had to arrange the photo shoot. We had to sort of create the whole PR and marketing strategy around that. And then just a small task like creating just the visual assets that you will be posting along the way as well. So the longest part is the paperwork. So the admin side, that really is what is a lot of back and forth. You're submitting some information that maybe is outdated, so they need a new approval address and stuff like this. It's just lots of back and forth. But at the end, you know that it's rewarding because you're working towards just finalizing and then you can launch a race and get some money. And I see from your campaign that you had a target of 1.5 million euros. And I know as well that you had, was it 1.2 million euros pre-committed before launching? Yes, exactly. 
And so how long did it take you to get all of that investment pre-committed? And then how confident were you launch your campaign that you would get to your target? Mm -hmm. So that probably depends on how you look at it. I mean, we had existing investors that already pre-committed, so this was not too much work. But then we also had uh, angel investors who for quite some time already kind of asked whether or not they could uh, participate in the next round. And we're also actively looking for new angel investors. Our goal for the pre-commitment was 1 million. And so that for me was also in, in total including you know looking for investors and then the paperwork it was done by a convertible note or also known as a safe agreement to get all this done and the negotiations of the terms and you know everything i would also calculate around 3 months so probably uh, when imo started the whole um, preparations for the crowdcube campaign we or i started the investor kind of network in relationship management and setting up the deal structure and uh, yeah we were very very happy Within a couple of months, as I said, it's probably about three months from A to Z. We managed to lock in 1.2 million from our four existing VC investors and some nice angel investors who put in bigger tickets. And then we kind of closed these as a convertible note or as a safe agreement. When this contract was signed and the money was wired, then we basically had to go to go live on Crowdcube. Having now gone through the process, is there anything that you wish you would have known before launching your campaign? For sure, for sure. The number one thing I think that uh, when it comes to Crowdcube is, and not just Crowdcube, but also other sort of what I would call mainstream or high street crowdfunding platforms, is that obviously we are quite in a niche market. So crypto, Bitcoin, we can see now that there is a difference between the community that we have and the community that's on Crowdcube. And in terms of the understanding for the mark, for our industry, for our product as well. Because there are two phases sort of when you're doing your crowd campaign. You have your private part where it's the startup's role to just gather as much interest as possible. You collect lots of leads and this usually comes from your own community. And from your own followers. Then once you sort of start the private launch, then all these people can go to Crowdcube and invest before everybody else who is registered already on Crowdcube can invest as well. And in terms of the average investment amount, in terms of like the engagement with the campaign, we could see that our community has been just really, really sort of bullish on the whole idea. But then when it sort of opened up to the wider space and the general investor on Crowdcube, they were very much careful and quite sort of, um, yeah, yeah, careful pretty much. It also didn't help that right now there is a bear market happening in the crypto market. So I actually had some direct feedback as well from some interested investors to saying that they just don't feel that this is the right time to invest in a cryptocurrency company when the market is doing so terrible. Now, I have enough experience to know that you can't really convince a person like that to invest if they're not feeling very sort of confident about the investment in the first place. But we would make money even when the price is down because whether people sell or buy, that's good for the business. The market condition is not a problem, but obviously the wider audience doesn't understand that. So that was a big learning for us and definitely is something for other companies that operate in a niche market to really keep in mind. 
Mm. What I wish uh, we had known before, maybe two things. One is the operational effort, the legal and compliance and administrative you know, effort that you need to go through. Literally, Crowdcube is checking every claim that you make on your pitch deck, on your website, you know, everything. And also producing, you know, all the content, the page, the videos. And it's quite some effort, which is good. You know, it's also good that not every startup can do it. Um, it's also good that Crowdcube really takes the time to check things so thoroughly. It's just, you know, for security of the investors that finally invest, they know they invest in a legit startup and they know all the claims have been checked. So it's great, but I underestimated the effort that it would take to go through this whole process. I, can, I think Imo can sing a song about this as he was uh, spearheading this whole project. And then also what was surprising to me, but not in a bad way, it was just a didn't think this would happen like this before, is that actually the biggest investments uh, came from our community. As Imo said before, we had uh, plus 1K leads before for this private phase of one week that could already invest before we went live on the publicly live on the Crowdcube platform. And from them, we actually got like the biggest chunk of investments and then once we went live on the Crowdcube investor platform, they have 1.2 million uh, angel investors. Then we still got a big quantity of investors, but with a lower amount usually. So the average amount was way lower, but the amount of investors was higher. And both is very valuable. You know, it's just that in the private phase, we had less people, but higher investments. And then the other way around, once we went live on the Crowdcube platform itself, that was a big learning as well. That I think, uh, you know, doesn't really change a lot if you know it, but you can manage your expectations maybe a bit better. And you decided to launch your campaign on Crowdcube. Were there any other platforms that were a consideration for you? Did you speak to any other platforms before deciding on Crowdcube? Yeah, for sure. We were thinking about, should we even use a platform or not? That's probably the first question you need to answer because you can do it yourself. And then if you are doing it yourself, then should you do it via, you know, some innovative approach like tokenized equity, you know, a raise via token, security token, there are also providers for that. Or are you doing it the traditional way? Uh, we decided for uh, several reasons to go with a platform, mainly because there is a platform and you get access to this network of investors already. And secondly, also because they take away a lot of the legal and compliance uh, work and uncertainty because they've done it, you know, for the last couple of years, hundreds or even thousands of times. So they know, they know how it works. And these were the main two reasons why we went with a platform. And then in terms of platforms, we were looking at the bigger ones, mainly Crowdcube and Cedars are probably the two main ones in Europe. There's also a platform called Bank to the Future, which is more globally, but also operating in, in Europe. And there, why we consider them a bit close and more closely was that they are um, also accepting crypto as payments, which obviously with our uh, audience, I uh, think this would have also helped. But then they were way smaller and also quite expensive. That's why um, in the end, it really came down to Crowdcube and Cedars. And the reason why we then went with Crowdcube is because they really tend to be the market leader. Um, they tend to have bigger races as well. So also, we had some connections already to them, like direct connections. Um, they were not kind of uh, foreigners to us. 
our investor network were pretty close to their some of their investors and so we had a lot of uh, trust and credibility in them in the end they were very sympathetic also great to work with from the beginning uh, already in the evaluation process these were some of the reasons why we then ended up going with them and having been through the process do you see yourself launching crowdfunding campaigns again in the future I could imagine that it could make sense in one of our next rounds. Uh, Like usually what uh, the best practice is, is I think doing this as one element of your bigger uh, fundraise and also to coming back to do it again once your community has grown even further. That's how uh, Revolut did it, for example. Um, As a famous example, they started, I think, when they did their Series A or Series B doing this as an element of their bigger race. And they came back, I think, several times, even on different platforms to do their races. So I think that's how we probably will handle it as well. It's a good part of our um, Series A that we are raising now. And I could imagine one or two years from now, when we will raise a bigger kind of Series B and have grown to a bigger company, maybe even a global company until then, had we uh, that we would uh, come back and raise again. And what would be your final top tips for other entrepreneurs that might be thinking about crowdfunding? So one tip is certainly take enough time for planning it thoroughly because you don't just do it at the side. It needs to be your priority or you know the team's priority for a couple of months so that it's really worth it. You need to put quite some effort into it so that it's worth it. But in the end, it will be. And then also make sure you really have a big and engaged community because otherwise there's no point. You know, mainly, you're mainly raising from your community. So you need to make sure your community is big enough and engaged enough. Otherwise, you know, it's just not worth the effort. We have talked about the costs that are involved. I think in, in total, you can calculate costs between 50 and 100K. And then if you're raising a quarter million with this, there are also some fees involved. In the end, you it's not worth the effort. So these are mainly my two main tips. Imo, maybe you have something to complement? Yeah, pretty much that. As I mentioned, I think it's important that you understand your target audience. And if you are in a niche market, I think it is difficult to say. I would say that as a cryptocurrency, I can talk about us as a cryptocurrency company. I would say it's probably not a great way for you to raise money because you really need to understand the market, especially if it's about you know, the general public sees cryptocurrency still as something niche. When the sentiment is negative, everybody talks about it being dead. So it's not really an environment where you can come and convince people, come and invest into my startup, when all they hear is that this space is a scam and it's dying out. So that's, I think, the biggest challenge, that the audience is not the right fit. On the other hand, I do believe that, let's say, if you would have been going through a bull market where everything's going crazy and the prices are soaring, then it would be an amazing place to raise as well because everybody would sort of get into the FOMO of it as well. And then I'm pretty confident it would have worked a lot better. Unfortunately, the timing, which is difficult to predict with financial markets, but it was just this bear market right now. And guys, where can we find out more about Relay? Everywhere. Thanks to Emo, we are everywhere. <laughs> so we have a website, obviously, Relay.app. Um, we are on the main social media channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, even uh, for the oldies and Instagram. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more advice, head over to crowdfundingchampions.com and be sure to subscribe for the latest interviews.